News. I'm Karen McHugh. TV celebrity heart surgeon Dr. Mehmet Oz has won Pennsylvania's GOP Senate primary following a recount. With the, the recount largely complete, uh, that we have a nominee. And today I called Mehmet Oz to congratulate him on his victory. Former hedge fund manager David McCormick making his concession speech Friday. Dr. Oz has been endorsed by former President Trump. A doctor and two nurses were stabbed and seriously injured Friday inside an Encino, California emergency room. Police do not believe they were targets of the assailant. Our initially arriving officers were able to contain him to a room inside of the emergency room, and we were able to evacuate all of the people inside of the emergency room, the first floor, and the adjacent offices. LAPD Deputy Police Chief Alan Hamilton, the man who attacked them is in custody. He has a long criminal history. America is listening to Fox News. Fox. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. Man, when you go to the supermarket, life has gotten a lot more confusing as you're walking down the egg aisle, hasn't it? Eggs are such an important part of the American diet. I read online that we eat over 250 eggs a year, and they are one of the most important sources of protein in our diet. But man, these days you can buy you know 79 cent eggs that are just kind of everywhere, but you can also scale up and spend as much as $6 a dozen on pasture-raised eggs. So, what's the difference? Is there an nutritional impact. What about the conditions the birds are raised in? Does that mean anything about the quality of the eggs themselves? Lots of questions. So, I reached out to Dr. Darren Karcher from Purdue University, and he joins us on the phone. Good morning, Dr. Karcher. Good morning, Lee. Glad you're here to talk about eggs. You come from a family that has been around chickens and eggs forever, don't you? Yeah, my uh parents own a mail order hatchery and so as long as i can remember working with people that had small flocks and 4-h and ffa kids uh, it's been something i've been doing my whole life so you know as well that the uh, backyard chicken movement is alive and well we're going to get to that in just a minute and talk about exactly what uh, impact that's having on all of us but i want to start here with this whole idea of man so many different categories of eggs let's just kind of walk walk through them and explain what each one of those means. So we'll start kind of at the most expensive and work backwards. And most expensive is pasture-raised eggs. What, what does that really mean? Yeah, so when we go to the store and we see a label that says pasture-raised, what the label is implying to the consumer is that those birds have been outside um, for their natural life to produce those eggs. And so there may be a hoop house or some sort of structure that allows them to get out of the weather, but for the most part, uh, there's really no doors that can shut them in or anything to contain them within um, a housing structure itself. And so they really are out in the pasture the entire time. And that means that they may be eating not only what they, uh, the, the grower provides them in a feed, but also bugs and all the other stuff that a chicken would normally get after, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I'm going to leapfrog you a little bit here, Lisa, when we talk about the fact that, you know, the birds are out there and they can eat those bugs and eat some of the grass or whatever is in the pasture. um, That is what will color those yolks, that dark color that the consumers are expecting to see. And it's because birds don't really gain any nutritional value from eating grass um, like cows do or ruminant animals. But what they do do is they take all that green color and they, it, they're called carotenoids. And those carotenoids then are directly deposited into that yolk. And so you can find yolks that um, to some consumers are even off-putting because they are so rich in an orange color. It just looks unnatural. Ah, so does that does that change the nutrient value? Is is a pasture raised egg more nutritious? So no, actually, at the at the end of the day, when we start to look at the nutrition of eggs, um, and usually when I talk to to youth and to um, general public about this, uh, the question I always ask is, what is the point of the egg? The point of the egg is not for us to eat it. The point of the egg is for the bird to produce a baby chick for the next generation. So why would we expect then that some birds would put in different nutrition for their offspring versus other birds, right? So at a very basic level, all eggs can contain the same amount of nutrients, right? Those extra carotenoids, yes, they, they may have some impact in the amount of carotenoids that you can consume Um, when you eat that egg, but it is not something that you could go to the FDA or to USDA and they would say, yes, this is nutritionally more superior or better for you than this egg over here. Hmm. Even though we do know the levels are a little bit different. Interesting. So then stepping back from the uh, pasture raised is free range. What what does that mean? It sounds like kind of the same thing. It is very similar. Uh, So the free range is going to typically entail some sort of a a barn, and those birds will um, have free movement inside that barn, uh, being able to go both up and down as well as um, side to side. And then they have doors that are open to provide outdoor access. Now, the difference is that in the pasture, those birds, those doors wouldn't exist in a pasture. If they do, it's only to close it in like if it's really storming or snowing and then they open them back up. For free range, those doors are there and they're open, but the the birds may never go outside. And so it's just having that access to free range is what differentiates free range versus pasture where they're actually out there in the pasture. So uh, that's so the chicken may choose not to go outside. How often do they not step outside? Uh, so it's going to depend, right? So I can tell you based on experience that if you have really cold weather out or inclement weather, your birds don't go outside. 
Um, if it's extremely open pasture, your birds tend to not go out beyond maybe five foot or 10 foot from the building perimeter because they don't want to go out there and all of a sudden be eaten by a fox or picked off by a red-tailed hawk. And so if the pasture is um, has ability to provide them cover from aerial predators as well as ground predators, they're going to use it more often. If it's just an open field, those birds may venture out a little bit, but probably not they're going to stay in the building. And then let's move to cage-free, which sounds like, again, a good thing, <laughs> but maybe not. Yeah, so, so cage-free is the, the real push right now, um, right? We, in theory, should be at 72% of the total population of eggs produce, of hens producing those eggs in the U.S. in cage-free by 2025. So what that means is that for those that have made that transition, cage-free eggs that you can purchase mean those birds are in a building, they have access to go up and down, left and right, like I described for the other one, for free range. The difference is there are no doors to allow them access to the outside. So that is how cage-free is defined and what those systems look like. Now, where it becomes a little more challenging is we are allowing those birds to express all of their natural behaviors. So there are good behaviors that they can express, like dust bathing and running and flapping, but there are negative behaviors, such as pecking on each other that could result in cannibalism. Um, we can uh, encounter scenarios where the, something scares them and they go into a, a large pile and then you have some mortality as a result of suffocation. So we are giving those birds the ability to express those positive and those negative behaviors. Hmm. And so that has some other challenges that we have to talk about. And there are some downsides, maybe, to buying farm fresh eggs. There are some things that, as a consumer, you need to know about. And we're going to get to all of that as we continue our look at what in the world is going on with eggs, which is the, which is the best egg for your family. Our conversation with Dr. Darren Karcher continues on the Health Co. Live Radio Hour here on WoWo. Welcome back to Health Call Live, where health information is free and the stethoscope is never cold. We're here to answer your questions at 447-1190. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And we are back to our conversation with Dr. Darren Karcher from Purdue University on eggs, egg production, and which egg is best for you in your family. Does that, Doctor, does that really matter where the chicken, whether my egg was pasture-raised, free-range, cage-free when it comes to what's best for my family? No, at the, at the end of the day, the reality is the egg is a fantastic source of protein, one of the best sources that we can provide for humans. And so it really comes down to your preference um, and what you feel aligns with your um, beliefs, values of this is the type of system that I believe eggs should be produced in. And so, no, everybody has uh, the right, hence the complication of eggs in the grocery store, to buy the type of eggs that they feel is best for their family. 
Is there a brand or any kind of egg that is totally different? I mean, I've seen eggs packaged as organic. That's a very specific USDA designation, right? Yes, yes. And so we do have some specialty eggs. Some organic would be one, which is a very specific program through USDA that um, producers must follow um, not only how they feed the birds, uh, what they provide from um, outdoor access to pasture, um, the organic uh, state of the pasture. So there's a, a, um, a list of criteria that must all be checked accurately in order for them to have that organic label. We also see in the marketplace um, eggs like Eglin's Best. Uh, you may see other brands out there where they have eggs that have claims saying that they have more omega-3s in them or higher vitamin D levels. Um, and all of those things are must be scientifically validated in order for USDA to allow that label claim to be placed on that carton. And so there is some validity to those claims when you see them on the carton. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Hey, on the phone with us now is Diane calling in from North Carolina. Diane, what's your question for Dr. Karcher? Well, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have a small flock of 17 hens, and um, I do feed them organic feed, but again, they do go out in the pasture and they eat bugs, so I don't feel like I can really call them organic. Or can I put organic fed on the carton when I sell them? Diane, I think that is a great question. And so from the standpoint of having that USDA organic label, right, that unless that pasture is an organic pasture, that would not be a claim that you could put. However, if you are marketing your eggs at a farmer's market, um, that would be something that is a valid stance for you to take is to tell people, I am feeding them organic diets. And the nice thing is with the amount of birds you have, you probably have that one-on-one contact with those people buying your eggs. And so that really opens up that door for you to kind of explain how you feed them, how you care for them, and what they do to differentiate your eggs in the marketplace compared to somebody else. Great. Thank you, doctor. That's always been a, a concern, and now I have the answer. Appreciate it. Diane, thanks for your call. Happy to have you listening all the way from North Carolina. That's great. So what about the uh, health, well, the health of the bird or the happiness? You know, I guess uh, you think that a pasture-raised chicken is happier, but do we know? Tell me about all of that. Well, so uh, for me, I really like to try to stay away from the word happy because, you know, A, I'm not sure that we really know that for sure. Um, I would say that the birds are probably happy until their friends, you know, start to peck on them and beat them up, and then they're probably not happy. So let's not even go there. Um, However, we can talk about the health and kind of welfare of the birds. And when we look at uh, moving from the conventional cage, which is how your commodity egg that you find in the grocery store for 79 cents, it's the way we've been producing the eggs uh, since the 1960s, those birds have a very different 
welfare um, view uh, when we look at them compared to extensive housing systems, which cover your cage-free, free-range, pasture, organic, right? And the major difference from a welfare perspective is we're giving them that ability to exercise more and have more space and do all of those things. What we're seeing as we move from the conventional cage or intensive housing to extensive housing or this cage-free type environment is that we're seeing more health challenges than we have faced as an industry in the past 60 years. And it's because we are taking birds and we had them in an environment where the manure and feces was separated from those birds. And so if we had disease issues, we weren't allowing other birds to to peck through that manure because that's how birds explore their environment is they scratch and peck. And when we're in a cage-free environment now, if we have a disease issue, instead of impacting a, a small amount of birds, there's a much bigger potential now for everybody to end up getting that disease because everybody's down in the litter together with each other um, and that, you know, feces and things like that, it, it's all there, right? And so we're seeing some changes in the health status of the birds. And so we're having to do a lot more preventative care to try to make sure we can produce those uh, food-safe eggs at a high quality for the consumers. So when you say preventative care, does that mean antibiotics and medications and that kind of stuff? Uh, absolutely not. So, you know, the one thing about antibiotics and medications is everything has to be prescribed by a veterinarian. And so that really is more of a last resort. Um, so it's trying to figure out, okay, how do we manage our birds a little bit differently so that we can, you know, try to um, put more of uh, the manure and the feces on the belts if it's an av aviary type system to get the birds away from that. Uh, what can we do to um, from a vaccine, you know, is there some vaccines that maybe we should administer now that we weren't doing before because we can take care of some of the issues that way as opposed to having to resort to antibiotics. The unique thing about laying hens is that if we give those birds antibiotics, those antibiotics would end up in the eggs. And because of the regulations, if antibiotics are being fed to laying hens, those eggs would not be allowed to enter the food supply chain. Hmm. And so producers can't afford to not have a marketable product right. when that is their business. So, so with the, the growth of the backyard chicken movement uh, and more people are buying eggs from a neighbor or a farm down the road, what do I need to know as a consumer about that? Is there a safety concern or what should I look for? Yeah, so some of the some of the challenges with buying from a local producer is um, we we really need to make sure that they've been doing things to appropriately handle the food safety and quality implications. One is are they picking up their eggs in a timely manner? So at least once a day, if not more often, are they refrigerating those eggs? Um, we know that that refrigeration will change the quality of the egg if we don't put them into the refrigerator. Are they washing or sanitizing or somehow cleaning those eggs? And there's, you know, some uh, proper and improper ways to do that. 
And then are they doing anything uh, to look at the inside of the egg? So it's called candling, where you take an intense light and you shine it through the egg so you can see the inside. And you can check for things like blood spots and meat spots and worms and things that can occur. And, you know, typically as a consumer, we don't see those because of the way that we process our eggs and pack them. Most of those things are removed. It's not to say it doesn't occasionally happen, but it's more likely that you may start to find some things like that with small flock uh, producers. Not yeah, a big Dr. deal. Dr. Karcher, I've got, to, uh, I've got about 30 seconds for you here, and I want to throw a last <laughs> question at you, and that is, tell me something that I believe, that consumers believe about eggs that may not be true. Uh, so, a brown egg is not a brown egg. It's truly just a white egg with brown on the outside. So, if you could get that brown egg as it is laid from the laying hen, you could wipe that brown pigment off, and it would be a white egg underneath. All right. And I know for a fact that you feed your kids whatever egg is available at the market at the best price, right? You're, you're not a fussy guy about that. Absolutely, I am not. I appreciate your help this morning, Dr. Karcher, Dr. Darren Karcher from Purdue University, helping us understand the ins and the outs of that incredible edible egg. Great having you here. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lee. It's been a pleasure. We will talk to you guys next week on another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo. Thanks for making this part of your Saturday morning. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.